0: Are you feeling lonely? Have you lost friends and connections since your diagnosis? Have you tried to find online connections but you're finding it difficult? Connection, be it online or in person, is essential for our well-being. This week my guest, Amy Sinha, tells us about how networking and finding community has improved her well-being both pre-pandemic and now. Thanks for joining us this week on Chronically Living. I'm Kelsey Harris, chronic illness warrior and psychotherapist. On Chronically Living and How to Make the Most of It, we're providing tangible ways to improve the well being of Spoonies. So get ready to make the most out of your life, even with that pesky chronic illness.
1: So, my name is Amy Sinha. I am from Wales in the UK,
0: and I am a voiceover artist, but as well as a singer and a presenter. Amy has had chronic illnesses and disabilities her entire life, giving her a different perspective than those of us who developed the majority of our illnesses later on.
1: Uh, So I had cat tracks when I was one and had an operation. They were fearful that I was almost going to go blind, but the amazing, amazing child surgeon, saved my eyesight, a little bit of my eyesight, but it meant that I had to wear really big thick glasses since then tied with string. So that's probably my first memories. And then also when I was four, I got diagnosed with a rare medical condition called sensory neuropathy type two, which means that I can't feel hot or cold anywhere throughout my body, as well as a light touch. So I I don't know when I've hurt myself. So I can step on a pin prick and The only way that I know is when I see the blood or it gets infected. Yeah. So it was quite a difficult time, but also meant that I developed, it's kind of similar to osteoarthritis. It's called charcoal joints and it kind of got quite severe early teens. So it was, uh, standing up was a bit of an epic and walking was extremely difficult. It was not very easy for me to like go shopping and and just go out really, or just walk around the house was uh, really tiring but that also meant that my spine was affected. So I stopped growing at the age of 11. So I was quite small. I am quite small. <laughs> when I was 19, and, you know, I think a lot of things caused it. But as I was about to go to music college to study in Leeds, I was rushed into a hospital with ulcerated colitis. And I was very close to having my colon taken out. But my dad was a doctor. And he kind of found this drug that they used occasionally on a certain patients. So he persuaded them to try the drug and they gave it about eight hours. And then I had an x-ray and just, it, it went down like by 0.5%. So that kind of saved me from having that operation. Otherwise my life would have taken another drastic turn
0: downwards. It makes me wonder what it would be like to have a parent who is a doctor when you have chronic medical conditions.
1: It was great because he kind of knew that was going on, but it was also not so great because. I think people know when you're like, you're a family member of doctors or dentists, you're never a good patient, because you give some leeway. So in certain things, when I should have gone to the hospital, I didn't, because I just, one, I don't like hospitals. So it was kind of, oh, no, my dad's a doctor, it'll be fine. And I think that that's the only like downside of it. And, and it gets a little bit much, I think. Um, all day, you're like, like treating patients, and then you go home, and then you have to treat your family as a patient as well. I mean, it can be nice for him. <laughs>
0: Struggling with resiliency is common for a lot of people, especially those of us with chronic illnesses. Growing up with these conditions sounds like it would require a lot of resiliency. Here's what Amy had to say. I think back then I I was lucky that I had two sisters two older
1: sisters and they kind of pushed me I mean there's a lot of things that probably wouldn't have done uh, they made me do they kind of made me go shopping they made me try and be like a normal teenager and my family's very musical so that's where the music came in I think and it kind of just gave a little bit of a oh what's the word kind of a a breather from going to the hospital the hospital visits and constant doctor appointments and feeling like I'm a rat in a lab because I was only five and like me in the UK so everyone wanted to know why and what was going on and but they didn't find anything unfortunately so years of of being a rat (laughs) that's the only word I could think of really didn't really amount to to a uh, conclusion I think I'm lucky I think if it wasn't for my family I probably wouldn't have turned out the way that I am being so positive I guess I did I mean it's great to have support system, which I think anybody, everybody needs. And I think, although these days, the internet is an amazing thing because back then we didn't have uh, groups on social media. So it was just who you knew that they would refer you to. But now I think it's an amazing thing. You know, you can reach out on the internet. Somebody's got something that they can relate to. So yeah, but they did, they did really support me. And I think as I was growing older, I made more friends and I think they were a really big help as well. That again, I wouldn't be the person that I am today without them
0: like helping me and guiding me through. Amy's on the show today to tell us how networking and finding community that you fit into can be helpful for well-being because, well, it's been helpful for hers. So music wise, when I was singing, networking wasn't really my
1: thing because I used to go to say jazz clubs or, you know, music venues So I just used to meet people. Well, I'm not saying I used to drink a lot, but you know, when you get like drink, have a drink, like then at one, two in the morning, you kind of like meet random people. (laughs) And that was kind of my networking. But then when I turned to the voiceovers, I was, so this was 2019, the latter part. And I was struggling because I was like, well, how am I going to do this? Because I didn't know how to meet people. I didn't know what networking really was about. So, I mean, if, if we can say it was a blessing, I don't, probably, I don't know, in one way it was a blessing because when the pandemic hit, I mean, online networking did come to the forefront. And then I was like, wow, I found my answer to how I was going to make this side of things happen. And then I just threw things that I like to do. I like to throw myself into it. So then I was networking on a daily basis. I would, I mean, I actually subscribed to one here in where I live in Wales. And then I was also doing one in America and it was free. So I would go on to events every day and try and meet new people and then do one-to-ones. And that literally changed my perspective. I found my target audience. The business side of things kind of developed and I learned a lot. So networking and meeting different people from around the world has been absolutely amazing and a lifesaver through the pandemic because I wasn't bored, you know, I had things to do. I wasn't sitting around getting depressed that nothing was was happening. I mean, I did it at the beginning, don't get me wrong. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> what's going to happen? But yeah, it was networking has really helped a lot.
0: <laughs> what is it from networking that's been helpful?
1: It's the positivity. It's meeting people who are going through the same thing and who are looking to reach out not just um, on a business level but on a personal level and I think that we've come to kind of like a change this past year where we're all using the word being authentic isn't it authenticity and even when you're a business you want to know the person or the people behind that business because we want to resonate with you so we don't want to know just what you're doing and what you offer we want to know what your values are how you can help us but then how we can relate to you on an everyday level and I think this online networking thing this is what come from it so it doesn't matter where you are in the world doesn't matter what country you are from we kind of all want to you know meet people we connect with and you're not going to connect with everyone like you do on a normal basis and I think but with networking online it's been good because it's okay if you don't connect with somebody that's all right you <laughs> move on to the next one <laughs> so in that sense I think it's kind
0: of cool Networking and connecting socially with other people has a huge evidence base as being helpful for our well-being. People are social creatures, so I'm not surprised about the joy Amy gets from it. With chronic illnesses, there are some other advantages of reaching out to others, especially online.
1: Well, I think it's been helpful in the fact that I never used to speak about any of my illnesses. I mean, I've gone through all of my life not speaking about it. So when I met people, especially in the music industry, they didn't know. I mean, I look back and I'm thinking why I didn't resonate with them. I wasn't really myself because they didn't know everything about me. And this past year has kind of made me come out of myself. And I think for so long, I was just worried that I was just this this odd person that nobody could relate to. And I think the the whole networking, especially with my community as well, meeting people online in my area, has kind of taught me that it's okay to, to celebrate everything that I am and it's okay to be weird and, and come up with random stuff and say random things. And if people like me, they like me, but if they don't, then that's okay too. So I think it's the support of just being who you are. And that's really, really helped develop, I think, my voice that it is right now. Otherwise I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing.
0: So it sounds like it's really helped you become almost more comfortable with yourself even.
1: Yeah. That's the biggest thing. And then I think maybe I'm meeting people now that I have connections with because of it. Whereas before I wasn't because I was hiding. And I think that networking is funny. I mean, I didn't even know what Zoom was last year. I mean, it's like, what is this? Like everyone's using it. I'm like, okay. And I think that's really just, I mean, I know there are other platforms out there, but it's just really help people connect. And if, even like elderly, they feel so lonely, but we have like coffee mornings. And, and, and I think the whole virtual thing, I think people before never saw it as real. So they're like, unless you connect in person, you're not living in reality, but it is. We are connecting online and that is still reality, and I think it's just changing your mindset. It's like online dating. It is reality. You are getting to know the actual person. I mean, it's changed. People's mind shifts on what that actually means. I think it's just becoming a smaller place. The world is connecting more
0: with each other. And this brings up a good point. How is connecting online different from in-person or is it different at all in how it makes us feel?
1: I think it's having more of an impact because I can reach more people. I think definitely on an international level because, I mean, before I was only meeting people through Facebook or Instagram, social media, but now there are other ways. I think, in, I think you can do more. I mean, nothing beats meeting people in person. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I, mean, I, I love it. You can feel the connection when you're meeting them in person. But I think for initial... I think this is great to, to, to touch base and then you can keep in contact with people. So I think this is something that's going to stay from here in now, as well as the meeting in person. So I
0: think we're going to combine it. I think there's, there's room for everything. I really do. I mean, true. I'm sitting in my apartment in Canada and Amy's in the UK. And this is, you know, pretty common on this show. I interview guests in all over Canada, the US, UK. And the internet really makes these connections happen. So why not appreciate it? After the break, we're gonna talk about how to make connections online. Hey warriors, what if it was possible to get local fresh groceries delivered right to your front door? You could take up deep sea yoga with all that free time. Well, Instacart gives you unlimited grocery delivery for one low monthly fee. This is definitely better than paying for delivery on all those other apps. Forget that one ingredient you needed to make that super healthy smoothie, Instacart can deliver to your front door in as little as an hour. You can shop multiple stores, getting all your favorites on a single order. Instacart even highlights deals so that you can save money. Get all the products you love, hand-selected by shoppers, based on your preferences. They'll pick the freshest produce, and they'll keep your eggs safe too. Find everything you usually buy, and get smart suggestions on new items. To get free delivery on your first order over $10, or follow the link in the show notes to let Instacart know that we sent you and help to help support the show. With Instacart, you'll never step foot in a grocery store again. I was wondering, from a chronic illness perspective, if Amy had any advice about connecting with others online. The answer I got wasn't what I expected, but I love it. I think it's to find a
1: hobby that you love, something that you're passionate about, maybe books. I mean, I love books or TV films and I love sci-fi. So, you know, I'd look for groups and people that, that love that kind of things. And then maybe just, just t- dip your toe in the water and like, hi, you know, I'd, I'd love to meet more people who are into who are passionate about what I am and then take it from there. There are loads of things online, look for groups. I mean, you've got to be careful some things are not what they appear to be so don't (laughs) just be a little bit wary but then when when you found it you know then then don't be afraid to kind of connect and it's okay to be vulnerable I think people put on this barrier that they don't want to give too much of themselves because they feel like people are going to take advantage of them and that can be the case and don't get me wrong I know this just even networking in person that, that's still the case, mm-hmm. but then you have to at some point kind of just give a little bit to, to get people want to get to know you before they, you know, they're going to be willing to kind of tell you all about them. So I, I, I just say that really just dip your toe in the water, be careful, but then just,
0: just go for it. What I love about this answer is that Amy doesn't just look to join groups or communities for people with chronic illnesses. She looks for groups to join where people have similar interests to her. And this is important for well-being. It's easy to get into the mindset that my illness is all I am, but your illness is not all who you are. You're a person with many interests, needs, wants, desires, passions, and so on. I think joining groups that represent those aspects of you can be as or more effective than joining chronic illness support groups. Not that there's anything wrong with those either. So now, what about the downsides to online communities? There has been. I mean, I watch Catfish a lot. Uh, <laughs>
1: there has. Yeah. I mean, I think I like meeting people on video because I think it's nice to have a face and and hear the, the voice while I'm speaking rather than just texting. I think this is the problem with just texting um, or messaging. I find a lot of people just like to Um, communicate over messenger or Instagram messenger and I don't trust photos I have to be honest I really don't trust them because I know myself not that I put fake photos but when you're taking a photo you can take it from all sides you can take it in the dark it's just not trustworthy so I think that's the biggest thing that I've found you just don't know behind the picture Mm -hmm. that is the, the one thing for online I think on and especially in networking as well and especially if people ask for your phone number i mean being on linkedin and like random people go oh i'd like to connect oh i see you're a voiceover artist okay can i have your phone number straight off and i'm like well no no you can't well you can go to my website first and then you see if i can help you and then see how i can help you um that kind of thing rather than you know i want your phone number (laughs) so yeah and on all platforms i think you've got to be a little bit careful Mm -hmm. I think most people are pleasant. But then you do get you do get these quite a lot, actually. And I don't know why that happens. Because say that your posts are yours. So you have the right to post anything you want. And then you get these other people who want to invade in your thoughts and and your your timeline. and, And you're thinking why? Okay, I get your opinion, but you don't need to be antagonistic you can have your opinions, but keep it like that. You know, a lot of people just, I see this a lot in politics or in business and then you mix the two and that unfortunately that's where it kind of gets to, it's not a good mix. I Mm -hmm. find so maybe separate different platforms. I find, um, this is from my experience. Don't keep personal things on LinkedIn or really personal about your family and, and re- much of your personal life. Well, we can put a little bit because I do, but I think separate and don't put too much on social media. I have a lot with social media because I think we put too much of ourselves on it and people know too much and they can invade And this is where the catfishing is linked—that they can Mm. make believe something, and you feel like oh, you resonate with them, but that's because they've looked through all of your stuff, and and they can kind of um, fake resonate with you. I think that's the negative side. And also on YouTube, especially, I know with my singing, yeah, like I put my stuff because I want to put my stuff, and then you just get random people just putting really negative comments. And I'm just like, why, why, why do you feel the need to do that? So before it would affect me and I'd get really upset because I've always found I really wanted people to like me
0: and and what I do. And now is um, delete, block and delete. (laughs) I would agree with Amy that the downsides are minimal compared with the upsides of online communities, but we do need to be careful. I think especially this last part with our feelings, it's easy to be hurt by what other people say. And we don't know where they're coming from. And we really need to take care of ourselves, whether it's blocking and deleting, like Amy says, or taking a bit of a social media break. Amy has a bit more advice for connecting in online communities.
1: Take the opportunities when they come. And I I, I go with your gut instinct. So I've had a lot of, of instincts over the past year that I know if I... The fear has always been there because of my confidence. So I've always had like this fear at at the back of my head when I do new things or when I'm ready to take new steps. But I kind of find that I know that it's not real. So if I'm really ready and I really want to do something, that fear, I kind of try and push it to the background. And then I find if I do that and just take the positive steps that I want to take, things work out. So and I'm a strong believer that when you're doing something that you really love, one thing always leads on to the next. And I think with networking, I've done a lot. I've done a lot, probably more than most in this past year, because I think that if you're going to do something, just give it hundred percent. There is no in between. You're either in or you're out. And I, I think this with every area in life, you just can't, there is no room for being half-hearted in things. So if you want to do something just go 100% if you have a goal and and there's somebody that you want to meet there is always somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody that could put you in contact with that person so always reach out to people because it's happened to me I just I've always put like say what I want to do just random things and then it's just miraculously it's happened I'm like oh my gosh how has that happened and it's because I've just said to people this is what I want to do they've kept me in mind and then somehow it's happened. So truly networking is an amazing thing, but it doesn't happen overnight. So if you meet people, they may not be who you want to meet at that time. But as I said, they may know a person who knows a person that can put you in contact. So don't give up. Just have that goal in mind and just and just put the thoughts out there and, and just vocalize what you want.
0: And then it will happen. Hundred percent. I, I totally believe that. Amy mentioned that she was able to put her fear aside and that she has some advice for this. For this part of our conversation, become a patron of the show. It's only $5 a month, and there is bonus content from every episode exclusively for patrons of Chronically Living. Music has been a consistent theme throughout season one and two of the show. So many of our guests have been musicians or just find that listening to music is beneficial for their well-being. This is actually one of the reasons I chose the song question in the lightning round. Uh, The other reason being it's one of my favorite questions that Brené Brown asks her guests. So let's talk a bit about Amy's music career. It's helped me a lot.
1: It's helped me to come out of myself to be more confident with who I am. I mean, I've always been able to sing since I could remember. One downside of that was I took it for granted. So I never thought it was anything special. So in one way... It wasn't (laughs) so good. I felt like everyone could do it. I felt like everyone had a voice. Everyone could sing. But because I was small, it helped me because I was known as the girl with the big voice. So everyone would recognize me, even if I didn't recognize anybody else. They would all know who I am. So in that sense, it was it was really good. And I think, yeah, it just, you know, I love jazz. I love the layers of it in particular. I really resonated with that. I think pop songs, I felt it was just too easy and simple. And I, I just didn't like it as much, whereas jazz, I know and not everyone <laughs> relates to it because it's too complicated, but I could sit there for hours while one instrument would go on and go on and improvise. <laughs> I absolutely, absolutely loved it. And then when I graduated, I, I came back and I just joined a lot of bands and I got into the jazz scene in Swansea and a lot of popular jazz musicians came from Ronnie Scott. They they would come here. A lot of American uh, jazz musicians come here. And so I just tried to make my name, but they were very supportive and they let me sing with them. So I kind of gained a reputation of, of being, you know, the jazz singer. And so then I wrote my own album. Again, I don't do things half-hearted. I wrote one song and then I thought, oh, well, I'm going to write an album. This can't be really difficult, can it? (laughs) So in a matter of a few weeks, I wrote nine songs. I found some musicians. I recorded it, put it on iTunes and Amazon, had some professional photography taken, which raised the bar. It raised the bar because everyone, you know, likes to see professional photographs. (laughs) But that also drew more attention. And I got noticed by this guy who created a record label in New York and he wanted to collaborate. So we did that, which was amazing. And it always um, occurred to me, which I did, you know, because of my physical restrictions, I can traveling is very really difficult and, and movement is always difficult. So I always thought of how I was going to achieve all of these things that I wanted to achieve. And, and, and that's why I, I always put out there that thoughts are just so important because I literally put the thoughts out there and things came to me. People came here, like Kylie Stewart, Clint Eastwood's son came to the UK to perform and I got to interview him. And and other Buddy Greco, who was an amazing jazz musician, he also came to the UK to perform. I got to interview him as well. So
0: it's like, you know, these
1: things, random things happen just in the little town of Swansea and I didn't have to go anywhere. So it really did help me a lot in, in being focused and knowing that if I really did want something I could make it happen. And I think that's the biggest thing that all of this has taught me.
0: Yeah. So what's your album called?
1: It's called a sin with love. So my name's Amy, a sin with love.
0: (laughs) So let's do our lightning round questions. Okay. Okay. So what are the top five songs that describe your life?
1: Okay, so my top five. Okay, so my first one is called Someone to Watch Over Me and it is a jazz standard by George and Ira Gershwin. And it basically it's about a song. I sang it, first sang it when I was 16 and it's just about finding looking for somebody to like watch over watch over you for the whole you know like it could be love or just relationships and friendship and that literally I still that's just defined my life since I was very young so that's my number one number two is friends by the Rembrandts because I have an amazing group of friends as you go through teenage years number three I don't know if you've heard of it but um it's called shine by take that but it's kind of about like um, just sticking to kind of your goals. And one day you will kind of everything will come to you. And the fourth one is Natasha feels single because I've been single for a lot of the time. But a lot of people think that, you know, you reach a certain age and you kind of have to meet somebody and it's kind of... um like social and you know community kind of put pressure on you I have a lot of friends that you know kind of force people to get married when they're not really ready and they don't really want to so I kind of love love that song and the last one is Rise Up by Ondra Day and I think it's just very especially during the pandemic and it's just it's okay and things will get better and And yeah, I I love that song.
0: (laughs) Awesome. That's great. Those are fantastic. A nice mix of songs there. (laughs) (laughs) What's one thing you can't go a day without doing?
1: Listening to music. So when I get ready, I I have to put on my playlist uh, while I'm in the shower, while I'm getting ready. And that is how I start my day. Amazing.
0: Not (laughs) surprised. (laughs) (laughs) What's one thing you plan on doing in your life that you haven't yet?
1: Going to America. And Canada. I've
0: never been, and I
1: really would love to. I have a lot of friends over where you are and, and in the States and yeah,
0: <laughs> I'd love to do that. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. And it's so funny because I, one of the things I want to be able to do is go to the UK. I haven't gone, ah. <laughs> gone yet. so It will happen. It yeah, will. <laughs> I, I think so. Describe your perfect day. Wow. You know, I would be
1: get up know that I have a lot of voiceover projects and I'm still at the beginning um, of it. So I've had to do quite a lot of auditions, but I want to get to a place where people are asking me to be the voice of, of their like commercial and, and their project. So it would start off, I guess my day would be doing one of those, or a couple of those commercials um, in the morning and then having lunch with my friends and my family. And then the afternoon, I would love because, you know, I'm all about um, empowerment for young girls and, and disabled kids. And so I'd like go to schools and I'd love to meet you know disadvantaged kids and maybe kind of help kind of just maybe put some not wisdom but well wisdom of what I went through as a as a child with disabilities and watching my parents cope with disabled kids, so I'd kind of like to go and and help out maybe with in hospitals and, and schools and then I had to spend the afternoon like that. And then maybe again in the evening, just uh, chilling and watching Netflix and going to the cinema with people that I love. <laughs> that would oh, be my perfect day.
0: That's lovely. How do you inspire others to make the most of their lives?
1: I think it's just being who I am. I- I've realized that maybe I underestimate what I've been through. Because when you go through it, I think you don't see yourself as an amazing person that we all are because we all have to go through different things. And I think talking about it, we all have an individual story to tell that can help other people that gives inspiration into their day to maybe, I mean, I think that's why we watch soap operas, especially in Britain. I mean, they're the most depressing soap you will ever (laughs) see. And we watch it and I really do think, oh, thank God, my life is not like that. So, and I've had people, when I tell my story, they go, gosh, and I thought my life was bad. So I was like, okay, I'm glad I could help. So maybe, you know, just, just say, you know, everything that I go through and maybe it would help just people be aware that their life are not that bad and it could always be worse.
0: (laughs) Awesome. And Amy, where can we find you and follow you?
1: Well, I have a website, amysenher.com and I'm on Instagram, Facebook, or social media. You just type my name, Amy, A-M-Y-S-I-N-H-A. And come say hi. I love meeting new people and and talking to new people.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Well, I'll definitely link all that in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on. And this has been lovely chatting with you. Oh, you too. Thank you so much for having me. It's very easy to become isolated when you have a chronic illness particularly if you aren't working or are limited in what you can do. And this is where Amy's experience and advice really shines. We can make those so important connections from our own homes. This improves our mental health, happiness, and overall well-being. But don't limit yourself just to support groups. Maybe one of those and then a group or two that is focused on something you enjoy or are really passionate about. Many of you will need both of these options if you don't have them already. Let's do our reflection. What did you notice about your experience while you were listening to this episode? What are you noticing now as you reflect on your noticing? Thank you all for listening this week. You are amazing warriors, even on the days you don't feel like you are. Until next week, keep making the most of it. Special thanks to Mardi for the original music and Charity Williams for the original artwork.